0: This podcast is brought to you by Slow Tide. Slow Tide, our company, they took a mundane but essential uh, everyday product, uh, a towel, um, something that we use every day, and they've turned it into uh, something cool, something you like looking at, a piece of art. So Slow Tide work with artists, brands, and photographers to bring amazing designs onto their products. Uh, Not only towels, they also have now applied this same logic to blankets, um, perfect for the winter. Those of you that listen to the podcast and know me will know I love sitting and watching a film or TV. I ask every guest to recommend me some something good to watch um, and especially in the UK at the moment it's pretty cold. Most of that watching is done under a blanket. Uh, most importantly though uh, Slow Tide are committed to sustainability. Um, all of their cotton products are responsibly sourced through the Cotton Leads program and their polyester products are made from 100% recycled post-consumer waste usually plastic bottles so you know that by buying one of these products you're also not affecting the environment Uh, check them out at at slow tide europe on instagram for more information i'll be posting a fair bit about them on my instagram as well at the after hours lounge Um, huge thank you to slow tide for supporting the podcast um, and thank you to you guys for getting through this advert and now on with the show friends hello welcome back to the next episode of the after hours lounge a uh, bit of a unique one this week um i've got a, a full roster um today so initially um i started following someone uh, on instagram just before christmas um about kind of wild swimming stuff like that we engaged in a in a bit of a chat and decided that she wanted to bring the whole team on Um, So I am joined this week by uh, the team from Wild Swimming Cornwall. Uh, I've got Lydia. I'm sorry, Lydia, I'm not going to try and pronounce your second name. We've got Lydia, we've got Bethany uh, and we've got Max. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on, guys.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having us. Great. Cool.
2: No Um, worries
0: nice nice i'm sorry guys um if you get a bit confused as to who's talking um but i'm not sure it matters too much um it would just be really interesting to hear uh kind of what these guys sort of have to say as i said um you know those of you that listen to the podcast already know i'm you know very passionate about going in the ocean i've done a lot of podcasts with people about that um you know i'm a, a very um avid sort of windsurfer and surfer myself and i have been known to take the odd dip um but yeah so it's going to be really cool to to, to kind of talk to these guys so starting off then, um. I'll also apologise if we do talk over each other a bit. This is a little bit of a, a kind of trial run, I suppose. Um, but you guys are here, and hopefully, you're going to you're going to enjoy it. So we'll start off with with Lydia, I guess. Maybe Lydia, you would you agree? You're kind of the the leader of the the show, or is it very much a collaborative effort? But what is Wild Swimming Cornwall, and and kind of how did it how did it come to be? And yeah, what, what's it all about?
1: So Wild Swimming Cornwall is very much a collaborative project. So um, I wouldn't say that anyone. Takes the lead. We've all had a huge amount of input into the project. Um, so Wild Swimming Cornwall is essentially founded um, in a want to promote the well-being benefits of cold water immersion. So our aim is finding community, self-care, and an affinity with nature through cold water. So the community aspect is encouraging people to get out, to meet other people, and to swim together as a healthy way to spend time with people. The self care aspect is physical health, it's good exercise. But we've also noticed, and a lot of other people have as well, that there are immense mental health benefits to wild swimming. In terms of the affinity with nature, um, ecotherapy is something that is becoming more and more popular. Um, It works. So we're aiming to encourage more people to get outside in their green and blue spaces specifically blue spaces for us um, so that they can experience those benefits.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Before before we move on, I assume, you know, obviously, you're you're all kind of kind of based in Cornwall and it it, it is kind of in the name. So I guess you guys initially are just kind of this, I'll call it a movement for lack of a a better term. (laughs) But is that is that movement kind of just restricted to Cornwall for the moment? um, Or do you have kind of grander plans for it?
1: So Yes, we've all grown up in Cornwall. So naturally, um, we've started off in Cornwall. But these benefits and the benefits of wild swimming, um, you know, they're available to anyone and everyone. So by no means are we restricting um, access to to what we're promoting to Cornwall. It's just kind of where we're geographically situated. Um, And obviously, with the pandemic, we've we've been (laughs) we've been restricted to being within Cornwall. um, But yeah, it's available for everyone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I can think of far worse places to be stuck (laughs) than Cornwall, if I'm perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we are. We are very lucky. um, Very, very lucky. And and we're really aware of that. And that's kind of um, why we want to share this with people and encourage other people to access these spaces, because people who aren't as lucky as us um, might not realise how incredible accessing these spaces is, really.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, Bethany, how how did how did you kind of kind of get involved? Um, obviously, I you know we'll kind of get on to sort of you know your your sort of larger experience and everything like that. But were you were you already sort of friends with with Lydia, or did you guys meet through kind of wild swimming?
3: So yeah, Lydia and I have known each other since we were eleven years old. We oh, cool. went to school together and we've been friends for years and we have, we swam together before we started working on the project. But it was only, it was in the, the first lockdown, Lydia called me up and she had this idea and the idea was to grow a community and provide a resource so that other people could access the benefits of wild swimming because she found it so beneficial for herself and she knew i personally used wild swimming as a means to you know feel healthier both mentally and physically and we both had that appreciation for this incredible thing and so yeah, she called me up and she said, do you wanna work on this project with me? And straight away I was like, yes, this is, sounds like the perfect thing to be doing now that I was furloughed at the time. So I suddenly had this spare time and I was used mm-hmm. to working in a high pressure media environment writing all the time. And so having this project to then focus all of that energy into was just amazing. And it, it kind of, it was like a saving grace at the time. And also, obviously, being able to still go outdoors and still get in the sea, even though we were in a lockdown, it was still possible to get to these spaces because you can't go to gyms, you know, at this time. You can't go into and socialise in other places, but you can still go to the beach or to a park or a lake or anything. So, yeah, it was just an awesome thing and a really good timing as Mm. well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's something. And I mean, not that there's much good that necessarily has come out of this pandemic, but I do think our, our relationship with nature hopefully has changed and hopefully hopefully, it's going to carry on. it will be really interesting to see if people just go straight back, you know, say like, you know, I'm sure you've people have got into wild swimming because they haven't had the gym or a pool to go to, or even people just going for a, you know, a hike or a walk rather than going on the treadmill and things. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to, um, to see what happens. Um, Max how did how did you get involved with
2: it yeah so um so for me it was quite a quite a good thing to come out of a pretty frustrating situation um I was I was in the Canaries during the onset of COVID so we were kind of swept up in this really um like militant Spanish lockdown with Mm -hmm. almost no no freedom and um we managed to escape after two weeks back to the UK and left um, left left my boat Elixir in this random marina in Tenerife and um, and we did our our two week two week locked out our two week quarantine um, yeah. in my friend's flat in Falmouth because I didn't really have um, I didn't really have anywhere to go back home and um, and I just yeah suddenly. Suddenly I didn't really have anything on, you know, like I'd focused everything, all of my efforts into this sailing trip. And um, that was on pause indefinitely. And yeah. Um, um yeah, I went to go and stay with Beth and um after we finished our quarantine and um she was just chatting to Lydia about this project. She was like, Oh yeah, we're gonna start this, start this wild swimming project, but we're looking for a photographer. Um <clears throat> do you have any ideas and I had like all my photography equipment like I brought back with me like I had like my DSLR and a drone and um because I'd been writing a load of sailing editorials for magazines beforehand and um I had I had experience um with that sort of writing and photography and um I just I was just like yeah I'll do it (laughs) that sounds like something I want to yeah I want to get behind (laughs) that sounds like a great idea um, it's always it's
0: always the funny it's always those kind of things that are the best aren't they that you you almost accidentally fall into you know there's yeah. no there's, there's not necessarily an intention of doing it but you're like oh i i take pictures i like the scene you know <laughs>
2: the timing was perfect i mean yeah. i just um like i can't think of a time in the in the last like five years when i've actually had like everything has been put on pause and i've been Uh, you know it's like a complete blank canvas and then this opportunity came along and it was it was like the perfect thing for me because I'd been um you know I'd been getting in the sea since like like for years before we were even became friends and um it just sounded like a a great idea and um yes like straight away I was just um really really invested in it you know it's um yeah it it was just perfect timing like a month a month or two months before and i would have been 2000 miles away and it would have, it just wouldn't have even been possible but everything came together at just the right time and um yeah just great timing for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I, but it is, it, yeah. And it, it is unfortunately one of those things, you know, you you walk into the coffee shop at the right time and you meet the person you spend the rest of your life with, or I know that's really corny, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the, that, that, that <laughs> unfortunately that a lot of, a lot of shit is governed by that kind of thing. Um, and, and again, it will be super interesting to see like there are those odd success stories like that, that are coming out of this, this last year where everyone's plans have just been shot to bits and they go well maybe I'll do this instead I mean this podcast included you know I went self-employed end of 2019 when I started this podcast and then come March April time I was like well I'm not not really doing much work at the moment but I do have this and I'd kind of only done two or three episodes and I ended up getting really into it and doing two or three a week and, and really really kind of building it up so it's I think a lot of people have that kind of thing that they've you know accidentally walked into or has been on the back burner that they've they've managed to really put time into um Lydia from reading the the sort of website and 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 getting a grip of you know who you guys are me doing my due diligence before the podcast (laughs) so I do my homework shall we say um from what I understand you know you you made quite a big life choice like me um that kind of led to you to you starting this can you can you sort of go into that a little bit more
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is very much a passion project for all of us. um, And all of us have a really close relationship to the ocean. So um, the reason that I came up with the idea initially is because all of these benefits are something that I've experienced firsthand. And it's completely changed my life. So I thought I wanted a high flying career in London, I'd always um, unfortunately struggled with my mental health. And I kind of took the route of thinking that um, this this classic sort of societal um, idea that consumerism and getting a high-flying job and moving to the big smoke and making loads of money would solve all of my problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got there, I ended up working in Parliament, wow. and my mental health ended up being the worst it ever was, which resulted in me becoming agrophobic, so anxious that I couldn't leave the house and I, I had to um, it wasn't really a choice in a sense it was a necessity that I moved back home um, with my mum yeah. and sort of you know rebuilt everything again um, so whilst I was away I was kind of living for these moments of coming back to Cornwall and getting into the sea um, so naturally when I came back That's where I went. Um, And I'm really fortunate to have good friends and a supportive family. And they would take me kind of like a child to the beach. Um, And I slowly found my confidence building. Um, I became braver. It took a long time. You know, the first swim was was quite nerve wracking for Mm. me. um, Because when you're when you're mentally unwell, you know, small things that seem insignificant to other people are um, a huge deal to you. Yeah. Um, but essentially it has been a tool for me to become more confident to be able to find respite and um, moments of being present and over time that just built and built and built um, so yeah I, I decided to look more into the research that was available and it turns out that I'm not the only person that has had this experience. Um, mm. Bethany and Max have also had their own experiences of finding healing um, through the ocean. And, and the whole project is about kind of sharing that information with people so that they can, they can access it. And um, although research is in its early stages, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence and some great stories surrounding this. Um, so, yeah, it's just born out of that. And um, that's what we want to share.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Especially with something like, you know, agoraphobia, where it's it's very much like a comfort zone thing, just as much as, uh, you know, anxiety or that. But it's the, the sort of comfort zone side of it. And I always think it's, you know, it starts off and it's a bit like a tennis ball, your comfort zone. And then oh, I'm in front of the mic here. Tennis ball. And then. <laughs> as you, as you kind of go out and with each swim or whatever, that tennis ball starts to grow, you know, maybe this is a shit analogy. No, it's
1: it's not. It's something that takes time. And, and it's kind of like muscle memory. You know, we all know that if we exercise the same muscle, it gets stronger um, and performs better. And it's the same with our brains and mental health and pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zones by no means. um, Was it a quick fix? My experience but there's short term gains to be had from wild swimming. So in terms of being able to find that solace and being in the present moment, which, you know, can, can be quite can make a huge difference to your day. But then over time, the benefits can be quite phenomenal. Um, you know, I've heard of people who have been trapped in, you know, unhealthy relationships and and by going for a swim and continuing to go swimming, they've realised that, you know especially as it gets really cold they've realized that they're actually capable of a lot more than they thought and then they can you know leave that unhelpful relationship or that's just one example but it's definitely something that um that allows you to to keep building and yeah I I guess maybe get to basketballs and beyond
0: (laughs) yeah well that's it yeah I sort of I I, I did this with another person I chatted to and we were talking about comfort zones and I said you know it it ends as one of those massive zorb bowls that you climb in and roll (laughs) down a hill and you know things like that uh, yeah
1: you just cling on for dear life and let life take you you know wherever exactly
0: yeah yeah no it is and one another thing or that I've always found that's wonderful about the ocean. And even uh, one of my uh, past guests, uh, a woman called Eastki Britain, who's an Irish big wave surfer, but she, we were talking about it and the, the ocean does something brilliant in that it's so massive that it really makes you feel insignificant in the best possible ways where you're like, Do you know what, you know, whether you're surfing or even just swimming anything, you know, or just seeing walking and seeing it on a rough day, you're like, Oh, actually, my potentially, it just helps to sort of downsize your problems in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's very easy, especially when you're anxious, you know, all that stuff to, like you said, think that, think that it's, you know, this huge, huge issue. And it, as you, it can literally be the smallest, the smallest thing, you know? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. It's completely awe-inspiring. It's incredible. Sometimes we get caught up in the nitty gritty of things that aren't in the bigger scheme of things that important, although they might feel it and by getting outside and immersing yourself in the ocean or for those people, you know, who aren't quite ready for that, as you mentioned, going for a walk, um, by the ocean, it does, it does put things into perspective. Um, and actually that's quite tied into, um, some work that's been done, um, by Wallace J Nichols and also by scientists that, that work with, um, awe and wonder and it is this idea of blue mind and accessing this meditative state of mind that blue spaces provide us with Um and research is it's it is in you know its early phases but there is definite you know psychological um research that shows that there is something truly magical about getting outdoors and getting into the ocean
0: yeah hundred um, percent. Bethany, obviously, you know, again, me doing my homework, I kind of read and obviously, you know, you've had your your own individual struggles and things. I know you guys said you've been swimming together sort of since you were since you were kids and things. Was that always that comfort zone for you? And then or was it very did it become more of a comfort zone when you experienced, um, the, you know, the, the issues that you had?
3: So having grown up by the beach, by Mainport Beach in Falmouth, I Always loved being in the sea. I, I grew up next to the beach, and my siblings and I, we'd always, you know, race into the water and swim around and go along the rocks. It was just like this incredible playground that yeah. I had. Um, and I feel so lucky to have grown up there and to have had that opportunity to spend so much time in the sea throughout my life. Um, and I've always appreciated swimming and being in the water and. Surfing as well, but the um, the benefits that I I noticed to my mental health I didn't really experience them until I was about 22, so about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And someone who I love dearly became seriously ill with depression, and um, they did they were suicidal, and that period of time in my life was extremely extremely stressful and um you know i'd i'd be go i'd go to work and have loads of articles to write and i would just find it so difficult difficult to concentrate and i would Mm. just be like worrying that the next phone call i'd get would be the phone call that was going to tell me that i'd lost this person forever and so that was just like an extremely um anxious time for me and Luckily, I did work near to the ocean and I'd go on these long walks and I'd look at the sea and I'd think, maybe if I just go out there and kind of like forget about everything for a little bit, then I can go back to work and I can focus. And so I started taking my costume to work and I'd I'd go down and getting in the cold water, it was just like hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. And all of those worries and the things that were concerning me would just melted away. And it became a coping mechanism, I suppose, for me to to just be, like you say, be part of something so much bigger and to just appreciate life and appreciate the world. When I was, you know, having these conflicting ideas of someone not wanting to be there, but luckily they recovered too, um, as well recovered. that being in the sea helped me to recover Mm -hmm. and i just it makes me want to share that knowledge and and the the fact that you know you maybe like every there's something in everyone's life that causes them stress and feels like a lot of pressure and but if you have that thing that you can do that just allows you to you know be part of something so much bigger and hit the reset button and emerge feeling refreshed and strong that's something that I think could help a lot of people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think re- reset button is is such a good way of putting it because that's exactly what it is. And it's what I've always viewed, you know, if I can get out for a, a windsurf or surf or most recently for November, I started running and now it's, it's ended up becoming a habit. And now for me, just getting out for half an hour is, is kind of my, my reset button, but as well with things like the ocean as well, because you, even if it's a calm day or whatever, and you go for a, especially down in Cornwall where there's, you know, there's still a lot of water moving around, yeah. but you, you kind of always have to be aware of what's going on around you. You don't really have time to sit and think about problems or what do I need to even, even thinking, what do I need for dinner tonight? Because you, you don't think about that. You, you have to be present in that moment. And I think that's something that's really, really valuable that uh, like you said, a lot of people don't have, that sort of experience in their life, whether it's doing a sport or, you know, going for a swim in the sea or even sitting, reading a book. And just, I think a a lot of people miss out on that these days um, is actually staying, you know, present or having something like that they can do for even an hour a week.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, it's something that it's, we're we're an island nation. We're surrounded by water. We're not, you know, nobody in England is that far from getting to the sea. And so, or to a body of water, to a lake or to a river. And to know that you have something that's going to make you feel amazing. Like we we all joke and say when we get out of the water, we feel like we're a superhero. Um, you feel so full of energy and you feel so alive. And like everyone, if you know, everyone can access that if if they have the ability to swim. Mm. And um, so that's yeah, that's what we wanna help others to do is to to feel like a superhero. <laughs>
0: Nice, I like that. I've got time for that. Uh, <laughs> Max, uh, depending on how how much you want to get into this story, but again, like this this story, when I read it, I was like, "Holy shit! This is literally a movie." Like, you know, someone someone's going to play you in ten years of you just, you know, there's all there's all these films about. You know incidents on boats, and I remember watching one when I was a kid called o- "Open Water," where there was just two people in the middle of the sea for ages that got left behind on a diving trip and got eaten by sharks or something. But anyway, this <laughs> story, your story is much better than that. Um, you know, if, if you're happy about it, I know. You know, from what I gathered, and, and from what I gathered as well, I think you know, wild swimming maybe helped you helped you with this. But I, I'm talking far too much, um, Max. If you're if you're happy, to, can you can you please tell us this story?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, it's. It's a it's a long one, but I I'll try and cut it down. It I guess um I guess the best place to start is um I wasn't actually born like I'm not I've I've lived in Falmouth for most of my life, but I was actually right. born in uh, in Bristol and I lived there till I was eight or nine, and I learned to sail there in Bristol Harbour.
0: Yep,
2: and it, it was great. Like I um. I loved it straight away but obviously it's brown murky water surrounded by concrete and then later on when my family moved down to Cornwall I just appreciated it so much coming from the city I think and um and like from that point on I was just I was just hooked and um I was spending all my time either sailing or surfing and um yeah and uh, a bit later on when I graduated from uni me and uh, me and my best mate Harry we left Falmouth on uh, on my boat that I had at the time. It was a twenty. She was a twenty-two foot wooden, like a proper classic mahogany little sailing boat. Really, really nice and pretty. And uh, and we sailed down the west coast of France. We sailed across the English Channel. Everyone thought we were crazy because we were crossing the English Channel. And uh, yeah. we arrived in um, we arrived in Brittany and then cruised down the west coast of France. And it was August and. Um, everyone was on holiday it was just an it was just an amazing period of time and then we crossed over to Spain and started sailing along the north coast of Spain and the north coast of Spain is like stunning with dramatic hills and uh, really really green and then we hooked around the um, northwest tip of Galicia and started sailing down the west coast of Portugal and we got to Lisbon and Harry my mate who, who was on the boat with me he had been seeing this this girl his girlfriend I guess Georgie and um, they decided they wanted to go and do a ski season together in the Alps um, and they left and um, and and I didn't really want to go home at this point I was having so much fun and I decided that I wanted to take Flying Cloud across the Atlantic to the Caribbean oh, yeah. um, and I, I rang my parents and told them and they were actually really cool they just said are you sure this is what are you sure you want to do this like are you 100 sure and i knew i knew that it was what i wanted to do and i told them and they um they actually came out to portugal and helped me help me get the boat ready and get everything together i need like everything i need to make it as safe as possible um and then it was it was december 2016 and um i sailed i did my first single-handed sailing passage down to the canary islands uh, which is where I am now four years on which is quite <laughs> there's something quite nice about that yeah and um, and then another long passage down to Cape Verde which was like nine or ten days and then um, it's a big one across across the Atlantic and um, it was great it was amazing like I it just opened up a whole new world for me I spent three weeks by myself um just like complete solitude surrounded by nature. And it was, it was a really life-changing period of time because it was the first time that I'd ever, um, taken a step back from society and had time to consider everything that had happened, you know, in my life and remove myself from all the pressures of, um, being on land. And, um, it was just a really, a really interesting time to reflect. And I was on this like pure, euphoric natural high and I just felt like completely unstoppable like I felt I was just this crazy euphoria that was building over the weeks and weeks and it was I was 200 miles away from the Caribbean which is like two days of sailing so very very close right at the end of the transat and I had this really it was an archaic ancient paraffin stove that was like original with the boat and to to yeah. light it it was a bit of a process you had to pour in this methylated spirit and light it and it sort of heats up the hob and then you pump in the paraffin and it it atomizes when it goes into the hob and then you light it and it forms this it burns a, a like a really really hot flame but the processes of getting it lit is is kind of sketchy and yeah. it was this pretty rough I mean you're in the trade wind so every day is kind of the same but this was at the rougher end of what I experienced and the boat was rolling around a lot and it was really hard to get it lit when the boat was rolling because Mm. you had to like burn off this methylated spirit and um it was just it was just fiddly and uh and I was half naked as well. I was wearing joggers and that was it because you're in the tropics. So why why would, like, I was, Yeah. there's no need to wear loads of clothes. And what happened was I ended up, um, I was holding the bottle of methylated spirit and it ended up exploding in my hand because I, when I was trying to light the fire and it just completely um, covered me in flames, set like the inside of the boat on fire. And in a moment of, like pure adrenaline like I wasn't thinking at all I just ran outside and jumped into the water and but still had one hand holding onto the side of the boat um super lucky because like there's no if I jumped in the sea and let go then that would have been it you know the boat would have just sailed off without me um and yeah I just that's when I sort of came about and realized what happened I was just trailing behind the back of the boat like in the water, um, and I kind of processed what happened, and I clambered back onto the boat, and my body was like really burnt, there were big flakes of skin peeling off my shoulders, and I had these these like um big blisters forming on my chest, like my face was real bad as well and um and yeah, I got back onto the boat, like threw a bucket of seawater inside the cabin because there was still a fire inside, and I was just in a really really bad way but um i had a bit of first aid experience because i used to be a lifeguard for the rnli Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um so i could kind of patch myself up and sail another two days during which i basically like went into such an intense shock that i was kind of hallucinating and um, but made it to grenada and pumped up my dinghy got in a taxi went straight to hospital for five days and then had to basically had to come back to the UK cause I had a year long ban from any sunshine. And, um, I tied up my boat in this it was like a mangrove swamp, like fully not knowing if I was ever going to see it again and, um, came back to the UK and yeah, I was, my body was a mess. Totally. I had like scars on my face, like big scars all over my chest. Um, didn't really go outside for the first, um, like three or four weeks. And when I did, I was wearing like a big, like wide brimmed hat with a ton of factor 50 sun cream. Um, and yeah, I was just, um, I was just struggling to do anything. You know, I was just in my bedroom and I had, um, I had PTSD basically real bad. Like, um, the, the anxiety of going outside was just too much to bear for the first bit and um and all the all the local newspapers had like my story in them which just made it real like really really bad I just constantly thought that everyone was was talking about me and um and it was just like a it was just a struggle but with time I got better and I like took those little steps outside of your comfort zone and it gradually grew bigger and bigger but for me like the big turning point was when a friend of mine suggested I try getting in the water, like mm-hmm. just going for a swim. Yeah. Cause, um, like don't go surfing. Don't, don't do anything. Just like go swimming. And, um, and it was like, it was still, it's probably like six, six months after the fire at this point And I was still recovering And it. It was, uh, it was the middle of winter and, um, and i don't know why i had the motivation to do it because at that period in time i didn't really have the motivation to do anything but at seven o'clock in the morning i drove down to um to swanpool beach in falmouth and went for a swim in my board shorts and um and the whole time like driving down in the car getting changed walking down the beach with my feet um in the water I just remember being met with so much resistance like my mind was just telling me don't do it like what are you doing this is this is insane um but then I jumped in and it was yeah it's, it's an overwhelming sensation and it just completely dragged me outside of what was going on in my head you know I had so much um anxiety depression just it it just dragged me into the present and um i was probably only in the water for like 10 seconds but i came out and uh just completely shifted the lens in which i viewed the world and then the rest of the day was totally different yeah. um and yeah like i um and then i went a lot after that i went pretty much almost every day and I think it's that it's that idea of stepping outside of your comfort zone or meeting, meeting resistance and like going beyond it. And that's pretty much exactly what you do when you go for a swim, especially in winter when the water's freezing cold. And, um, I think I took that experience and applied it to a lot of other areas of life, whether that's like socializing or what was going on with work or just this idea of stepping outside of your comfort zone and, I think that really helped me get over the, just the after effects of that pretty traumatic experience. Um, and that's why I was so behind the idea when I first heard about it because it's, it played such an important part in that personal recovery. Um, that I just, um, I guess I just it's something I'm very passionate about, something that I'm very, is very close to me. And I just, I'm just so behind the value that it can offer, you know. It's um it did so much for me and I just yeah, I want to share that. Yeah. I think
0: that I mean you you literally took the words out of my mouth. I've literally got written in in my notes along alongside the uh, call that I wanted to talk to you about, you know, putting yourself in that uncomfortable environment in the first place, you know, willingly going, right, I'm going to go in the sea. I know it's going to be freezing, but I know I'm going to feel brilliant afterwards, or it's actually going to be nice, you know, know, once you get used to it and things, that does, you know, prepare you for these other daily sort of challenges you have, whether it is, you know, like Lydia feeling, you know, a bit agoraphobic of like, you know, even, and Lydia, maybe this is me taking it wrong, but sometimes, you know, like, I don't want to go to the shops, I can't go to the shops, but actually you're like, well, do you know what, I went for a swim in the sea this morning, and it's like it was snowing at last night, you know, and I went in the sea this morning. So I'm like, why the fuck can I not go to the shops? You know what (laughs) I mean? If if I can do that, then I can definitely go to the shops or like you, Max, you know, like say, you know, you're worried. I don't, you know, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know whether it was because you were, um, you know, I had a friend who was really badly burned a few years ago and I think it affected his confidence in terms of his like looks for a while of like, you know, being like, I can't go outside at the moment. I remember, you know, his fingers were like swollen up 23 times the size and all this. And, you know, he was like didn't, didn't want to leave because of that. So I don't know if that was the case for you, but if you're like, well, I'm strolling down the beach and going in for a swim, I'm not saying you probably still have blisters at this point, but you know, I think I think it helps you that because it kind of, well, in certain cases, it literally like strips you bare, doesn't it? You know, you're just in your yeah. shorts going for a swim. You know, it you're kind of like, well, this this is me, come on, you know, come and have a look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's it it does, you know, it does sort of build up. Uh, I guess, that tolerance to to life stresses in in other areas. I mean, um, Lydia and Bethany, what, what do you guys think about that?
3: Yeah, I, I 100% agree that doing something where you're, you know, in cold water, no matter what time of year it is, it's always uncomfortable to go for a swim in Cornwall, like slightly <laughs> uncomfortable, maybe it becomes easier when obviously it's summer, but it's still really cold and people still f- feel that resistance and aren't me included in that. And, you know, once you once you push past that barrier, mm. you feel so much stronger and you feel more resilient and able to do those, anything else, you know, in your life that may seem, oh, that makes me slightly uncomfortable, but actually I'm used to stepping outside my comfort zone and i you know it makes you just think i can do anything
0: yeah yeah definitely exactly absolutely
1: i couldn't agree more and it's really important i think to remember you know max's story is absolutely incredible um to overcome that adversity um you know it, you know it's a testament to himself being able to tell that story as well and share it um but it's also important to remember um you know that different types of adversity that people experience um and the struggles that they have are relative you know to their own lives and so for people who might listen to you know certain people's stories or might think that you know what they're worried about or what their struggles are maybe you know don't seem as as catastrophic um in comparison that that these people still can experience the benefits um it's all relative to your own life it's about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zones i mean the fact that max is about to sail the atlantic again tomorrow um this guy has a very um you know he's not used to having um strict comfort zones he's he's, it's incredible but for people who you know maybe that's not their aim but they want to get outside of um and achieve things that maybe aren't as crazy um <laughs> they they can achieve that through wild swimming as well
0: yeah yeah definitely max obviously well full, full disclosure for the for people listening to this uh when you actually get round to listening to this this was recorded a couple of weeks ago purely because max is about to set off again to cross the atlantic uh just before you go max i assume assume you've got a bit a better cooking system this time hopefully
2: yeah um yeah i mean i'm on a new boat this is my it's a it's a much more seaworthy boat than before and um and um i yeah i mean that whole first trip also coming back as well because a a year a year later i sailed the same route back again um i feel like there's so much more so much i've learned about um about Risks like risks when it comes to offshore sailing. Um, but yeah, much more better cooking setup this time. No paraffin. No. No, never again.
0: You feel? Um, I mean, I know. I think. Yeah. Did you? You went and got the boat and then brought it back at a later date. I think. But does does this trip you're about to embark on tomorrow? Does that? Do you feel like you've kind of come sort of full circle? Um, in terms of your, you know. Your, your sort of PTSD and, and stuff like that? Are you are you feeling kind of nervous about it or are you very much like this is, you know, this is the, this is the kind of closing of that sort of journey?
2: I think the closing for me was definitely coming back, um, you know, the second time round right. and arriving back in Falmouth. And um, that was like a, I think I needed to do that because the first time I, it felt to me almost as if I'd failed. Um, yeah. I mean that is that is how it felt so to, to go back and to to go back to the uk was really important but this time is quite it's going to be interesting because it's the first time um it's going to be the first time i've done it with other people because i'm with two of my friends harry and lily um and and i think that's going to be a really interesting experience
0: yeah mate that's gonna that's so exciting it's so cool i've always Always wanted to do something like that. I've got a couple of friends that's like sail over to Antigua for Christmas every year and stuff. And it's oh nice. It's such a seems like such a cool thing to do, but yeah, I don't it's know. um,
2: it's an amazing way to travel. Uh, it really makes you appreciate the distance in between where you where you're coming from and your destination.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's hard to hard to appreciate when you're on a flight for eight hours and you you know that's about as like anti nature as you can get, really, isn't it? I suppose.
2: yeah yeah
0: um so so back to the kind of the sort of wild wild swimming then obviously you know um lydia you guys kind of got this sort of uh i mean you know organization you know sort of up up and running i mean tell me tell me how how you guys go about it i mean do you guys arrange kind of meetups um you know do you to kind of introduce people to it because i guess some people are maybe slightly nervous about it or you know how, how how do you kind of go about
1: that absolutely so um there are around 300 miles of coastline in Cornwall um wow. and so for anyone who's looking to wild swim in Cornwall there are a huge amount of wild swimming groups which is just amazing um so for us um wild swimming isn't anything new and and neither is the experience of these benefits of of getting in the ocean you know back in victorian times you would be told to go on a a coastal holiday for yep. poor health etc um, our aim is rather than taking people out and facilitating that that we create a central place where people can access the information that explains how to wild swim um, how to go about that in a safe way really clearly articulating the risks that are associated with wild swimming so Max's um, background as an RNLI lifeguard has been really useful. And of course, um, our own knowledge and experience of wild swimming. So we've got a blog where we really try and answer all of those questions. Um, So again, it's about sharing the information um, and really centering on the three core elements, which is community, self-care and an affinity with nature. So that's kind of what we're about is you know just giving people that information mm-hmm. essentially um when when I had experienced these benefits and I wanted to go out um and and learn more I'm you know I'm a bit of a nerd I want to know as much as I can about everything um which is impossible but um I really saw that this is a resource that I wanted to have that wasn't available and so that's kind of that's kind of what Wild Swimming Cornwall is, Um, we're also aiming to publish um, a list of a load of our favourite spots with really specific um, descriptive information later in the year. Um, We've done a lot of work on that, but there's a lot more work to do. So um, we're not really 100% sure or can't put 100% date on when that will be available. But again, The idea is that that will just make it as easy as possible uh, for people to access information. Because what we've what we've realised as well, you know, I I grew up in Cornwall, um, in Falmouth, and I'm the only person in my family that swims or gets in the sea. You know, my family are Cornish for generations. Yeah, we're noticing that a lot of people who are local to the area aren't getting in, and it just seems a shame. You know we are one of the most deprived areas in Europe. Um, it surprises a lot of people because they kind of think that Cornwall's a place that's full of rich people and that's just not the case. So it's about trying to help people in the local area as well to access that knowledge. But of course, um, for people who live further afield as well. But you know, that's one of the things that we love about wild swimming is it's quite an accessible Um, activity you know if you can get yourself to a body of water and you've got access to transport you don't have to pay like you would for a gym or anything else so if you have that information where you feel confident and safe enough to get in or you can access a group um, then you know people from deprived areas or people who maybe don't have as much disposable income or people who might you know not want to participate in something that's competitive or they might have, you know, um, reduced mobility, which might make certain sports a bit more difficult. The idea is that we've got the information there and people can can take that and use that and, you know, get out and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, that's it, such a good point, especially about you You're trying to build a guide. And maybe, you know, this is a, a good time to kind of discuss it. Um, and talking about, I guess, another big part of what you guys are trying to do is make sure that, people getting in the water are doing it kind of safely and things because as as we know before we hit record like it is even though it is something that as you said everyone can do that almost makes it more dangerous in a certain way because suddenly everyone can do it so a lot of people may be going and doing it that have not necessarily been in the ocean before they might have oh well, i went in the sea when we went to spain or you know i've been in the pool or you know and they might not realize that Quite often, you know, sometimes even when the ocean looks very calm and still, there could be all sorts of things going on, you know, under the water. There's a lot you know, riptides. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of unseen dangers, you know. People usually when they're going in the sea, they're like, Oh, don't don't wanna get eaten by a shark, but they don't necessarily actually think about the sea being dangerous, do they? Um, how do you I guess you guys in your blog and, and things like that and the the wild swimming groups you work with, is there that kind of culture of sort of keeping everyone safe and and a big sort of focus on that
1: oh it it is so important so I mean it brings us so much joy that people are taking to the water and that wild swimming has grown um you know wild swimming's been growing quite a lot over the past five years but last year exponentially Mm. um but it is you know it has to be at the centre of everything that we're doing is that people are safe because whilst it's great for people to be getting in and for them to experience these physical and mental health benefits, um, you know, without trying to catastrophize, that's no good if someone goes out and they drown. And, you know, unfortunately, despite the hard work that the RNLI um, and all these other organisations do, people do drown every year and there are a huge amount of risks. So it it would be irresponsible to promote all of the um all of the well-being benefits which um i'm conscious we haven't actually touched on that fully yet um but yeah it would be irresponsible to promote all of that without also articulating the risks um and again that's why it has been really great to have um max's background um, knowledge in rnli and also you know why it's we feel that as people who have got a lot of experience with the water that it's important to share all of you know the pros and the cons because something that might you know be a pro for someone else so for example this idea of a reduced stress response or the, you know the pressure that that is put on the heart which increases the strength of your cardiovascular system mm-hmm. for someone who's got issues with their heart that could actually be seriously dangerous mm. so yeah it's very much at the core of everything we do you know we want to keep it light-hearted we want to keep it fun we want to promote you know we want to promote it as much as possible and spread this knowledge as far as possible but it is it is really important to promote the safety and it's not the most glamorous part of it but it's probably the most important part
0: for sure and I think it is it is one of those things and it is a fine line to tread but unfortunately its kind of best bit about it is that everyone can do it that's also such a downfall because it's not like something like surfing or or you know for me windsurfing or these kind of water sports which they take practice and time for you to develop before you can go out in any sort of conditions that would be deemed challenging you know usually windsurfing you learn on a you learn on a lake first or you know a body of flat water usually uh, surfing you usually learn in about a meter of water, you know, in the white water and things. And then you start to to head out and things. Whereas wild swimming, as you said, someone can literally rock up on the beach, put the costume on and i go, you know, I said myself, I had my own brush with, with uh cold water shock in February, January, February, 2019. Um, you know, been windsurfing for nearly 10 years was, was a, a sponsored athlete in windsurfing for quite a few years, all that stuff. So I've, I've done it quite a lot. Um, And I, you know, I got back from a trip to Morocco, was about a week back, and the wind was probably a bit colder than I thought it was. Didn't wear a hood, went out, crashed, load of water flushed down my suit, and it's like that, and your body just switches off. It's like, it's literally like someone turns the power off. And luckily, luckily I got, I don't know, my kit got washed around in the right way, and it sort of washed me in, and I managed to get back on my board and sail in. And then, yeah. And then luckily I lived right on the beach at the time. So I was kind of okay. But I later learned that actually you shouldn't warm up the outside before you warm the inside. don't know if you guys, yeah, I'm sure you guys know that, but yeah, I realized after that I got, I got sort of shouted at, Bethany, you look like you want to say something about this. Go.
3: Yeah, no, I was, I just was gonna, you know, reiterate that it is so important to have the correct kit. You know, you said you didn't have a hood and it's the same with, with swimming if if you go to a body of water you have to have the kit ready for when you get out the water obviously going in it's it's easy it's a costume you need a towel um but when you get out you you need to get changed as quickly as you can and have a hot drink mm. as you say it's important to warm your core warm up yourself from the inside out and to have um jumpers and socks and never to you know think sometimes it's easy to go into the water and think wow I'm fine it's like I'm you know I'm not actually that cold because you're not because your physiological response is that the blood is rushing to your extra uh, from your extremities to your core you feel warm and in fact mm. and so some people will stay in for too long and I think that's it's a really important element is that wild swimming is something you can do slowly it's yeah. something can you can slowly walk into the water deep breathing techniques are really useful as well and um and just knowing your limits and not staying in for too long it's like it's just all of these things are so important but if we don't share this knowledge then people may not know that that's important to do so yeah so having the right kit and everything we've got we've got the information there ready for people to access it and yeah there's definitely it's a massive um, thing to avoid cold water shock and just knowing how to do that and we're just hoping that you know we can be kind of like uh, a port of call cool for anyone who wants to go cold water swimming.
0: Yeah definitely yeah as, as, as we've said it's not the most glamorous kind of side of it but um definitely the sort of more important so getting back to a kind of lighter lighter sense then obviously you know we've consistently talked about the sort of health benefits um both mental and physical but what are what are, would you say those kind of key key benefits really obviously other than generic like oh you're moving your body so it's it's kind of fitness um but let's maybe aim more more towards the sort of mental side um yeah we'll start start off with with yourself lydia um and then, and then kind of go around the circle, shall we say. But what, what would you say that those kind of sort of key mental benefits are of getting in the water for anyone listening that's, you know, maybe thinking about trying it?
1: So I think we've touched on some of these vaguely already, but it might be nice to go into a little bit more detail for those people who perhaps aren't as used to spending time in the water and aren't as yeah. familiar. Um, so, I mean, the first one that we experience when we go into the water is essentially what we're doing is we're putting our bodies into a state of stress. Um, Now that means that our heart rate increases um, and all of our blood is rushing around our body much quicker. And we have essentially exactly the same physiological response that we do when we're in a stressful situation. And this is why it can be really powerful because by willingly putting yourself and your body into that, scenario Mm. when you have those feelings again so that might be you know the onset of a panic attack or an anxiety provoking situation which you know we're all going to get at some point in our lives then we're better prepared for it so um we can experience that either through wild swimming or through cold showers so this is why you hear of a lot of people having cold showers which i mean it sounds really silly because i i put you know i went yesterday for a swim in you know it was one degrees and I didn't have a a wetsuit on I just went in in a swimming costume and that was fine for me but the idea of a cold shower is not but you know it's personal preference and obviously with in light of lockdown depends on how easy it is for you to access you know the water at the moment but if you just put yourself into that scenario twice the studies that have come out so far are showing that you'll have an increased or an improved, rather, stress response yeah. for over twelve months. So that's like you know, that's kind of like a short-term benefit. You go wild swimming twice, you will experience that benefit, or it's highly likely. Yeah. Um, there's also the ecotherapy side of things, which we touched on before, which is this idea of getting outside. I think that's really related to what we were saying about you know um, awe and wonder and perspective and these sorts of things. And also, it's just really nice to get outside and when you're feeling a bit shit you kind of we have these tendencies to kind of hibernate and especially Mm -hmm. in the winter and especially in lockdown but that really is something that you know Wallace J Nichols in in his book Blue Mind it these this meditative state that you can obtain from blue spaces it's not just being in the water it's you know about being in on near or under the water and that all ties into ecotherapy. Um, but but Blue Mind, I think for anyone who is looking to learn more about the impact um, of water on the human psyche, that would be a really good place to, to get some in-depth knowledge. Um, and then mindfulness we touched on earlier. So I'm sure many people, if they've had an experience of um, poor mental health, then they would have been recommended meditation or cognitive behavioral therapy or things that are really um the foundation of which is rooted in mindfulness and wild swimming is a way for us to access that state of mindfulness and that's because of what you said earlier um you know there's risks present it's inherently dangerous at the end of the day um you have to think about you know especially when in terms of um, what we're used to in ocean swimming you know Tides, rip currents waves all of these things and that just really um gives you a break from the stresses that you have on land and that's that you know that ties in really well with you know my personal experience Beth's personal experience and Max's personal experience I think that's kind of where it started for us is actually being able to have that break Mm. that respite from um the shit that was going on in our lives basically and the battles that we were dealing with mentally Um, and then again what max was saying earlier about the confidence and the resilience and the bravery and these are the long-term benefits that can be incredibly transformative um, and can really you know that's the way in which wild swimming can be used as a tool to transform your life and by taking these small steps daily and pushing yourself that can then be relayed into other areas of your life so you know building up the nerve to you know quit your job and start a new career even though other people might be saying that that doesn't seem sensible or you know ending that relationship that isn't serving you anymore or you know anything it doesn't doesn't matter it's be different for everyone and then the kind of you know um on a on a neurotransmitter sense studies are showing that we get up to a 530 percent um increased release in dopamine so that's a neurotransmitter associated Mm. with pleasure um Mm. and that's been recorded um in studies uh so i mean you know lots to go on there in terms of the mental health benefits and there are some really exciting studies that are lined up to come out to kind of make a more um quantitatively based um study but obviously at the moment the Covid-19 yeah, uh, pandemic is making that a little bit difficult for people to to get out on mass and and do that but I mean I'm sure there's so many benefits I'm sure I've um kind of I've probably missed some I don't know if Bethany or no me.
0: no I think that's good I mean one you know one sort of big thing that I on top of you know bearing all those benefits in mind um is this something I wanted to talk to you about, Max? Um, Why, and, and Lydia, I think it was you, you that told me this um when we spoke the other day on the phone when we were arranging this, but the fact that there are so many more women than men that, mm. that, that kind of go wild swimming and get involved in these groups and things. I mean, Max, why, why do you think that is? The only kind of reasons I could think of was that potentially, as we've said, it's a, it's a non-performance activity. It doesn't require... You know, you don't have to learn, and you you can't really be the best at it, can you? You know, there's no sort of ego and competition involved, which maybe that's more attractive in a in a pastime to men than it is to women. But um, I'm not sure. Yeah, Max, what or any of you, but Max at a first, why why do you think that's the case that there are more women than than men that get involved?
2: Um, yeah, that is something that I have thought about a bit as well. I mean, in my small Sphere of friends I guess in in Cornwall yeah it doesn't seem that evident because there's there's a i mean a lot of a lot of my friends are guys that do it and a lot of my friends that are girls that do it, so it doesn't seem immediately that obvious to me uh-huh. but um I mean within wild swimming groups, they are like m- much much more girls than boys Mm. and um yeah I think it could it could potentially be more to do with um like if you're looking at it from a um a way to 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 manage your um emotional health or mental well-being or doing it as a as a as, as a way to be present which is which is the reason that most people do it i think um i think it's more i think it's more popular with girls because there's almost a pressure within society to not talk about your emotional health especially if you're a guy i think it's, it's something that something that's much more difficult and i think if you if you were if you were vocal about doing an activity purely to purely to benefit your emotional well-being i think it's a bit taboo it's, it's yeah it's taboo it's just a bit unheard of and yeah. and and it's almost viewed as a weakness um in within society you know that's got it's got there's not really a place for it yet and i think maybe that's got a lot to do with um got a lot to do with why uh a lot of these groups are much more popular um with women but then i mean i i go to a lot of open water swimming classes which is more like you're wearing a hat and you're and goggles and you're just you're just trying to cover distance. cover as much ground as possible yeah. and that's much more of an even spread right um but that's got, that, say that's that's like got 50, 50.
0: yeah that's got a competitive element to it though i suppose of yeah i i, I, I did 10k oh well i did 11k and stuff and i think I think you're right. I think men and maybe as well, men have men find sort of other avenues to deal with it mentally, even if they're not saying it's mentally, you know, a lot of men like go to the gym and lift weights and stuff. And sure, they may convince themselves, oh, I'm, I'm doing this because it's getting me big and it's going to make me look good when Weatherspoon's reopens. But actually in their head, even if they're not even if they're not telling anyone else, you know, they're doing it because they're like, fuck, without this, I'd, I'd feel like shit, you know, going to the gym, this, this makes me feel good. You know, this is my happy place, even if people don't say that. So something like wild swimming that, you know, without, without sounding bad, I mean, you know, even myself, some, I think it is associated a lot as, a, as more of a sort of feminine thing to do. And it's women getting together and because they don't want to do another sport or anything. They just go for a little bimble in the sea with each other and things. And I think that is associated like that. And I think, Oh, well, hopefully it's going to it's going to sort of turn around a bit because I wonder if you guys know it. You know, have you seen is it a bit of a gateway into people getting into water sports? You know, do people go wild swimming and then get into it and they go, this is cool. Maybe I want to start trying surfing or or even like just paddle boarding or something like that.
3: I think um, for us actually going wild swimming was then the gateway for us going open water swimming right they're, they're both swimming but they're both very different types of swimming with wild swimming the idea is there is like you say there's kind of like no expectations of like how far you're going to swim or like yeah the competitive element you just go to a wild place um which does tend to be places that have water so the ocean or a river or lake and you just get in the sea or you get in a lake and um, immerse yourself in that moment whereas open water swimming is something that you kind of need to learn how to do it I didn't know how to do it before this summer just gone and the only reason that I got in, got inspired to do it was because I interviewed um, one of the wild swimming brothers and they do open water swimming and it just seemed like such an awesome adventurous thing and the way they talked about it I just thought wow this is the natural progression yeah. from wild swimming to open water swimming and then when you get more comfortable being out in the water as well as a surfer I felt that my paddle strength and my stamina on my surfboard became so much better. Mm. So they complement one another, but I I don't know if it's an easy link to make from from swimming. I mean, in my head it is because I surfed already, Mm. but it's definitely there is a link there. And it's something that anyone who's interested in getting into water sports, it's such a, a good progressive way to do it. But yeah, yeah, if you wanted to do open water swimming, um, I think joining, going to a class or lessons would be really useful because there's the whole like breathing technique to it that you kind of need to master. And once you've got that, you're flying.
0: Yeah, I suppose there's, and it's, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different environment to being like, oh, well, I was in the swimming club when I was a kid swimming, you know, swimming in a pool and then to, to, to then go out into the, you know, I mean, it's in the name, open water swimming, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing um, with its own, its own kind of separate, you know, dangers and and kind of challenges as well.
3: Yeah, which is why it's important to go with other people as well and always have a buddy, but the most amazing, like one of the best things is that as you're swimming, you're not looking down at a pool, like ground on the floor, obviously, you're looking at rocks and kelp and um, fish going beneath you and you turn up and you don't look into a room, you're looking into the sky and um, you're seeing birds flying overhead. It's just a totally different like you you can be an amazing swimmer, but never have that experience. And to anyone who does swim, I recommend trying it out in the open water.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I so I lived in, I lived in Egypt for a while when I was teaching windsurfing, um, quite a few years ago. And there was, there was like a swimming area just off the, off the beach and you, you know, swim out to it. And there's a lot of stuff on the bottom and things. And I used to swim lengths of the swimming area along the, along the kind of buoy rope, And I'd look down and like Egypt's like obviously one of the best places for snorkeling and all that. And I'd be swimming, there'd be lionfish and stingrays and I'd swim 25 lengths. And you know, not even realize I'd done it. And I think it was like 50, sort of 75 meters. So I'd, I'd swam a fair bit and I'd be like, wouldn't even feel like I'd done it. Cause I'm like, oh, this is nice. And I was thinking if I was doing this in a pool, like it would be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same. I'd be counting every length, like, oh, just get mm. this done. You know, so I, but that goes back to that staying present and kind of just enjoying the actual activity of it rather than enjoying the feeling afterwards. If you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, definitely
0: um with that in mind i mean what obviously we've we've kind of said that there's there's kind of a few less men than than women in it but what is that community like you know what what sort of people do you guys find go along to this is it kind of older women do you get sort of younger people um how what what, what's the kind of mix like what's the general sort of i know clientele like for lack of a better word
3: (laughs) well i think um I mean, this year has just seen an absolute explosion of all t- different types of people going and trying it out. But I think, to, like, with the with the groups, predominantly, if you're looking if you're looking at the big groups out there, like the Blue Tits and um, uh, that, I think it's the, um, in, like Open Water Swimmer Society, mm-hmm. like those those groups. Yes, there's more there's more women, and they tend to be like more middle aged women um but it's growing all the time open water swimming there's loads of guys that do it too um and i just think it's it's a community that is flourishing and uh, the circumstances at the moment and like what we want to do is to get everyone from whoever you are like well, no matter how old you are out in the water yeah uh, and and i have seen you know you see go down to the beach at the minute and you see people walking with their dry robes like whole families walking Mm. around and um i think it's just something that's yeah it's just it's growing and the community's growing and it's just such a privilege to be part of that
0: yeah yeah it's quite like it's quite funny one of my one of my friends here in eastbourne one of my best friends jamie he we were we were talking the other day and it was we were sitting on the beach waiting for waiting to to rig up to go windsurfing and it was freezing and there was a guy with a dry robe and jamie was like oh i really wish i had a dry robe but he was like he was like but i don't want people to just think i'm just going for a swim (laughs) you know (laughs) and then and then he left to go do something and his girlfriend was like i've bought him a dry robe for christmas (laughs) (laughs) don't tell him and yeah it is one of those things as soon as you see a dry robe now you know there's like you said you get like families because they make them for kids as well there's all these people these huge like black like smocks on running up and down the beach um but it's it's one of those things I, i suppose it's it's amazing to see but like in my view all this stuff is happening because we're living in a increasingly kind of digital world i mean lydia i'm sure you can you can speak to that. You know, I said you you sort of were in London and surrounded by that kind of life and, and you know, consumerism, I suppose, capitalism of like, oh, you haven't got the new iPhone, you haven't got the MacBook and all this and digital and, and Instagram and you know, I've got more followers and things. And do you think it's growing because there's a sort of, anti-digital sentiment growing as well, probably increased by COVID as well. There's been a lot of people, you know, taking breaks from social media and, and spending more time outside because they've kind of realized what they've got on their doorstep. But that must be um adding to the amount of people starting sort of wild swimming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we've got as well as the COVID-19 pandemic, we have got a mental health pandemic on our hands at the moment as well. And, you know, um you know, the fact that, you know, one of the leading cause of death in, in men under the age of 40 is suicide is, is not something to be taken lightly. Um, and I think that as a result of that, people are kind of realising that this model of consumerism or the model of consumerism that that a lot of us are kind of um, brought into doesn't necessar- isn't conducive with happiness, essentially. Um, So I think that that is uh, definitely drawing more people outdoors. But I really do think that this COVID-19 pandemic has been the thing that has really made people realise, you know, how important nature is and how important it is to get outside. Because, you know, a lot of the things, bars, pubs, experiences that people would usually have as coping strategies have have been removed and people are just left with themselves and actually um when you are just left with yourself and you don't have all of these distractions that you're used to having around you then ultimately you realize wow rather than being you know parasitic on on the natural world it would be much more useful to kind of be in a symbiosis with it and to be a part of it and and to go back to, you know, nature um, and all that it has to offer. So I, I think both of those things play a part, but I do think that the COVID-19 pandemic has been the real catalyst mm. um, in getting people wild swimming. And, you know, we're just really grateful that we've been able to um, play a small part in helping people, you um, you know we hope to safely and enjoyably access these blue spaces and to be able to to know kind of how to go about it and to have someone um to come to if they have any questions or they're unsure about anything or they're looking for their local group but yeah I think it's been the pandemic more than anything else I mean the statistics are insane it's something like um a 300 percent increase in both wild swimming and paddle boarding as well actually yeah. um and people are just looking for a bit of calm I think um yeah. you know there's been a huge increase in surfing and these more adventurous um, I mean you know actually I disagree with what I've just said there wild swimming and open water swimming is is incredibly adventurous um yeah. if it just depends how much you immerse yourself in it um but there's a reason that that the most increase has been seen in these activities that provide you with a sense of of calm and mindfulness and and I think you know both the mental health pandemic which probably is largely a result of the digital age and the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic um, have have both been catalytic in that
0: yeah 100% I think I think as well it's it's fully just made people question like you said, like, what what actually does make me happy? Does mm-hmm. having my house and being able to go on all these holidays and do this make me happy? Or does being able to wake up and have a coffee and go for a swim every morning and then do half the amount of work, you know, earn a bit less money, but I've got more time to play with my kids or I've got more time to mm-hmm. put into something I really enjoy doing? Or, I mean... I've got a lot of friends around the UK in the kind of water sports industry and chatting to them, they were like this summer 2020 when they restri- lifted restrictions and stuff, he was like, you couldn't buy a surfboard, a paddleboard or a wetsuit in the UK for like a good, maybe a few weeks, I don't know, but...
1: Oh, that is still a huge, that is, there is still a huge shortage, beginner mm-hmm. surfboards and, and yeah. even just this week, you know, people are struggling to get hold of wetsuits. It is yeah. phenomenal and this has been going on for months yeah um it's it's just it is unbelievable um but you know there's a reason for that there's a reason for that you know people are catching on to the fact that you know this shit works
0: (laughs) no it it does I mean as, as Bethany said we are we are an island nation and I think we very often forget that um so with all that in mind then guys you said you've got a, a guide coming out uh Lydia can you, you you sort of briefly meant you weren't sure but can you give us a bit more information of where where people can find you uh you know what what your sort of grand plans are over the next sort of few months
1: yeah of course um so you know the whole purpose of this project is making the ocean it is mostly focused on the ocean for us down here as I said because we're surrounded in Cornwall by water on three sides but this information is you know also going to be useful to people accessing rivers and lakes and fresh bodies of water Um, but the idea is that we can be a place that provides all of the necessary information for people to get in um, and experience these benefits so we want to create a guide um, which will specifically help people in our local area to access spots which we think are safer um, you know, less inclined to pose risks through rip currents and waves, etc. Um, so, so that's something that we're working on at the moment. Which, um, if I'm perfectly honest, has ended up being a lot more work than we thought <laughs> it was going to be. You're going to say that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're self-publishing as well because we really, you know, if it gets to that point, that's the decision we've made because we really feel so strongly about. The message and the information that we want to share that we don't want to compromise that through publishers, yeah. etc. But that's that's kind of our aims for uh the first part of of this year. um And then we've got the online platform as well, which is completely free to access, which would be you know more relevant people outside of the county as well as inside of the yeah. county. Um, and we we share you know really in depth information on. The benefits of wild swimming safety we've got our blog that we discussed earlier um and we've got our personal stories on there as well you know just to to because we just think that you know this has been a huge part of our lives and you know that's how this has come to be so we've yeah we've, we've it was a big moment for us sharing our stories actually it was it, it was that was anxiety provoking in itself to be honest it was um kind of to put ourselves in that vulnerable position but we felt like if that helped other people to kind of realize and understand the benefits that that it would be worth it and and you know we we feel that it has been worth it sharing that information so yeah a couple of things the, the guide um and and the online platform as well and then obviously we're on social media so facebook and instagram um, and we post on there really regularly. And we've got an email newsletter as well um, right. where we we share loads of useful tips and info. So, yeah,
0: you're doing plenty then. You're doing plenty. <laughs> Keeping busy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I, yeah. I think I think it is it is it is one of those things where it's it's a lot of work. But if you've got the passion, like you said, because you guys have all got your individual stories of how it helps so much. I mean, you know, it's a testament to your, to yourselves to put that online and things. I mean, it was, you know, I, I did the exact same thing with the first episode of my podcast. It was by myself for 20 minutes talking about why I was doing it. And, and it is, but it's, it's one of those odd things that you a bit like going for a swim, I suppose when it's freezing, you know, you're initially like put my toes in like, Oh, should I do this? And then you do it and you put it online You know, and then and then you, you know, come in from your swim or, you know, whatever. And actually, you realize that it was was a really good thing to do. And I'd say probably more people have resonated with it because they have realized, oh, this has actually helped these guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Rather, it's very easy to say that, oh, something's really good. You know, this is really good for you, I've heard. But if you've actually experienced it, it just makes you, you know, a much more valuable ambassador for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that we're on this podcast and that we're all able to share this information and that our platform exists at all is, is you know, it is down to being able to access the ocean and to build yeah. confidence. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's taught me to em- embrace vulnerability. So obviously at first that would have been kind of being vulnerable in a physical sense to the cold and, you know, mm. putting myself, challenging myself, Um, through cold water immersion in that way but it's again it's what Max said earlier that this is it's a transferable skill essentially it is a a way for you to take small steps to to acquiring you know this ability to overcome resistance and um, put yourself in these vulnerable situations like you know when you first decided to put your first podcast out there, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's scary, but outside, you know, what comes from vulnerability and overcoming resistance is growth. Um and this is just another tool for people to be able to to overcome those things and access, you know, personal growth as well as physical health.
2: Yeah.
0: 100%. Uh cool. Well, uh Bethany and Max, anything anything else you guys would would like to add before we kind of wrap up?
3: Max, do you want to go
2: first? But um, don't worry if Lydia... I haven't got anything. anything to say, to yeah, be
0: don't, <laughs> don't, don't, worry,
2: don't worry if Lydia said everything. Lydia, Lydia <laughs> you, covered, you very much covered
0: it all very well. But just, just in case you guys wanted to uh, to kind of add in your... Yeah.
3: Well, I, I, I think um, one thing that I would like to add is, is the fact that building a relationship with um the water and going in the sea and um you know having that that thing to do that makes you feel amazing and having that it's almost like a resource in itself or well, it is a resource to have water and water you know it covers the majority of our planet and it's so important for our, our lives generally mm. and I think know like people to have that appreciation for these spaces that we have and the desire also to protect them is really important to not forget that we are you know we may be fighting a, a pandemic and like mental health problems too but we're also fighting um for our environment and protecting yeah. these spaces and so um yeah a really important thing to, for people to bear in mind when they go swimming is, is to appreciate and maybe even give back, maybe even take a, a canvas bag and fill it with, mm-hmm. um, with plastic that you find washed up on the beach and do a beach clean because without with, we wouldn't be the people we are today without the ocean, without going in the sea. And yeah. we need to give back to the ocean. It is there for us and we need to be there for it as well.
0: Very, very, very well said. Very well said. Lydia, you've got your hand up. You may go. (laughs) Like a teacher. (laughs) Um,
1: That's actually just reminded me that there's a really, really important piece of legislation um, about to be debated in the UK Parliament, um, I think on the 22nd of January. So um, I'm sure many people have heard of Surfers Against Sewage and the incredible work that they do to protect water quality. In uh, in the UK, um, but what they've managed to do uh, because they've got they've they've been able to set up a petition last year, which was the end sewage pollution petition.
3: Yeah, and I,
1: there were over forty thousand people that signed that, which has then given them um, the ability to collaborate um, through a private members' bill, which are notoriously hard to get through Parliament. Um, Obviously, I knew that because I used to work there. It's coming in <laughs> somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this bill is coming up for debate, the Sewage Inland Waters Bill. And what that is aimed to do is to uh, toughen up legislation that the water companies um, are required to provide us with more transparent information and to just stop putting poo in the sea and the rivers, basically. Um, it's a really, really important piece of legislation. This is a really rare opportunity for us to actually have some influence um and by us i mean the general public some influence over the quality of of our waters um so yeah for anyone who gets in the ocean or for anyone who cares about the planet which um we all should yeah, as Beth kind of touched on there you know all life stems from the ocean essentially so um yeah everyone should care about this but that is definitely worth checking out and i just yeah i really wanted to share that because no, that's cool. yeah. this is a rare opportunity so the 22nd of january if you go on the surfers against sewage website they've got an email template that you can fill out it's so easy there is you know it's it's easier than going and getting yourself a, a drink or whatever from the kitchen um yeah just definitely worth checking out
0: cool very nice well um we'll kind of finish up there then um, where, where you said you guys are very active on social media. Um, what's the, what's the handle? Where can we find you? Obviously I'll tag you all in, in, in the post and everything like that, mm-hmm. but where, if someone's just listening to this, um, where, where can we find you?
1: So we're wild swimming cornwall on Instagram and Facebook. And our website is wild swimming um, yep. So anyone who's, you know, comes away from listening to this and thinks I would like to know more or that, you know, they want to go for a wild swim then the website would be a great place to start and then if you you know are looking for inspiration to get in or some uplifting content then our social media channels are available um and you know we are really engaged with our audience we reply to all of our messages so if people have any questions then we are more than more than happy to answer great. them
0: great yeah. cool well wow, guys there you go. If you're not all going swimming tomorrow, then, uh, shame on you.
1: Shame on you. Um,
0: but yeah, thank you so much for, for listening guys. Thank you to all of you guys, um, Lydia, Bethany, and Max for coming on. Um, Max, obviously best of luck with your, with your journey starting tomorrow. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be documenting it at all on, on social media? Or are you, are you not one of those guys you, uh, you, are you're just getting on with the sailing kind of guy?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. We're documenting it as well. Nice. Um, we we our instagram handle is untied un.ti, and dot t i tied spelt t i d e and we have a uh, we have a satellite tracker which is quite a cool little bit of kit where you can you can see us as like a little dot on the map <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> like slowly awesome. making our way across nice um, cool. and you we shared the link to that so awesome yeah
0: nice and then uh, bethany where where can we find you as well
3: uh, well, yeah, on social media as well. Um, I guess, yeah, just Bethany underscore Alan, but. Right.
0: But so, you're wild, you're wild swimming Cornwall as well, are you?
3: Yeah, I'm wild swimming Cornwall too. And right. I guess that's where you can find me the majority of the time. So right. yeah, go for wild swimming Cornwall. <laughs> cool,
0: Nice. All right then guys. Well, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests, uh, Lydia, Bethany and Max. Um, You can also follow myself on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Um, And then, yeah, you can find this podcast. Well, if you're listening to it, you've already found it. But um, please, yeah, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm still hunting for whoever it was that left me a one-star review, you little shit. (laughs) I'll find you (laughs) one day. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next week for the next one.